Hey friends, this is Rick Lee James. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast today. And I want to ask a favor of you. You know, this podcast is free and it's always going to be free, but we do have a lot of costs around here. Not only making podcasts, but making new music, paying for production costs, website fees, hosting fees, doing research, marketing, materials, and so much more. And you can help us with that if you visit patreon.com slash Rick Lee James, where for as little as a dollar a month or even a one-time donation, you can help me to continue doing the work that I'm doing. It would mean so much, and it takes such a very little amount of your time. So if you have a chance, go to patreon.com slash James and thank you in advance for any help that you can give. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Say, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I thank you so much for being here with us for another great episode this week. Just a disclaimer at the top of today's show, while this show is ultimately one about faith and forgiveness, I do want to let you know that we will be talking about some mature themes in this episode, like sexual assault, so if there are any young children who may be listening, or if you feel like this is a topic that you aren't ready to engage with personally today, you might want to select a different episode in our catalog for right now, or read the show notes at VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com for a summary of our episode before listening. Well, in 1981... A mother faced death as she lay on the floor of a small boat in the South China Sea, fleeing for her life after the Vietnam War. In 2008, her daughter lay awaiting death after being brutally raped and beaten while returning books at the Bloomingdale Regional Library. The brutal attack against Quina left her with a traumatic brain injury and the inability to walk, see, or speak. While Vanna Nguyen poured herself into helping her severely disabled daughter after the attack, she also struggled with reliving her own history, and more so with how to forgive the young man who hit her daughter so forcefully that he cracked her skull, stole her daughter's innocence, took away her daughter's future, and changed both of their lives forever. 
In her new book, The Life She Once Knew, published by Ambassador International, Vanna Nguyen speaks candidly about faith, love, and forgiveness through hard times and chronicles the deeply emotional and powerful journeys of these two women as they fight for their lives and their futures decades apart. Vanna Nguyen and her daughter, Anna Donato, are with us tonight for this conversation. Anna and Vanna, welcome to Voices in My Head. Well, this evening, Vanna, let's let's start by digging into your story a bit. Uh, your father was an officer in the South Vietnamese military. And when North Vietnam took over the country in 1975, he was imprisoned and your family's life was upended. I wonder, would you mind telling us part of your story about how you ended up from being in Vietnam to coming to America from there? Yes. Um, uh, Rick, first, um, thank you for us to be here on your show tonight. Um 1975, when the communists, um, North, North communists, uh, took over our South Vietnam, they won the war. So my family from the very wealthy, um, life there and then turned upside down and we very poor and we sell everything we have in the house, including my bed and, and anything in the house to buy the food and we end up later have empty house. We sleep on the floor and we don't have any anything to use. And then my dad, um, five years later, um, he got released from the, the horrible region in the North Vietnam and um, he came home and he told me one night, um, we can't you cannot survive here. You have to go. You have to go looking for your future. We need your help for take care your mom, your dad, and your brother and sister here in Vietnam. We are very poor. We don't have food. And that night, I look at my dad. I say, yes, I go looking for my future I get need to know what I need to do and then my dad said no worry he already set up the small boat about 30 feet um, I, I I have to leave with the 30 people on the boat uh, to the South China Sea and then my dad took me to the west of Saigon that city name is Kangte. And then um, he took me to the boat, and he gave me the the chain uh, to wear on my neck. On that chain, have his military number, and also the 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 note, the address of my aunt in California. That's all he left for me. Wow. And yeah, and and that night um, when we um, left. Um, that night is very dark. Have no no moon, no star, anything. I think they choose that night to escape because you know it's for the government. It's not easy to find us. But then they they found us and they shooting us on the river. 
we're still in the river. They're shooting us back and forth and our boat broke. And, um, but then, um, that's the first time I experienced my own miracle. Is a huge storm came. Is that not used for the February when we left? And the huge storm came and then our boat up and down and then the government, they give up and they came back and, and, and finally our boat is free to go to the international water. Wow. Mm. And, but then after that, our boat is broke. Water get inside everywhere and very dangerous situation. And, uh, and, uh, long story continue for that. We have a couple of miracles until we reach, uh, Malaysia. The camp, the, the refuel camp over there. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I, I stayed in the camp, uh, camping for three months and my aunt from California sponsored me. And I met my aunt in California three months later and I start my life when I'm 18 years old. No family, nobody, no, only by myself. Then I start to learn English, learn to driving the car and go looking for the job. But, um, but then after that, I working very hard and I have very successful later on. But, um, that, that can, can talking about when you working hard, you will be, we, you will get whatever you, you, your goal to have it yes wow well what an amazing story thank you for sharing that i i'm i'm amazed at the way that that you were brought out of vietnam and even hearing that story of of being chased how terrifying that must have been for you to go through as especially as such a young person and then to spend all that time at sea and i'm amazed at your story uh, just the way that you have learned English and that you speak it so well. And I, I commend you for that because it's not an easy language as I'm learning again, uh, helping my son who is, uh, who is, um, in the second grade right now and relearning all of the English rules with him. English is not an easy language, is it, to pick up on? So you've done a wonderful job. But all of the way that you started your your life again and uh, helping living with your aunt and it's an amazing story and part of that amazing story is uh is your two daughters and I, I, do you only have two daughters are Quina and Anna your only two or do you have more children I have only two Anna is my older daughter and okay. Quina is second one okay they, well they are they are three years apart okay well, they are a great part of your story as well, and, and Anna, we're glad to have you with us here on this podcast tonight. And and Anna, I wonder if you, because I, I would love to talk about Aquina a little bit this evening, and I wonder if, Anna, you could tell us about your sister a little bit, and what it was like growing up with her, what kind of a person she is. Hi, Rick. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Sure. I, um, my, my mom's story is so amazing. Like every time she tells it, I, it just gives me chills to know that, you know, what she went through, uh, to get to America. And, um, I am the first, uh, first generation, um, in our family to be born in the United States. 
Um, my mom's oldest, as she was saying, and my sister came soon after. She was born three and a half years after me, and we were two peas in a pod. <laughs> uh, my mom being a refugee, you know, she just, she, we just lived a different life style and, uh, culturally sure. um, than some of the other children that, you know, um, were, you know, in school with us. My, my mom was a really, really hard worker. She came from nothing and she had to work um, several, several hours a day, morning to night. And um, that really uh, put a lot of responsibility on me to step up and take care of Lena, um, you know, and, and be that big sister and also a little bit of a motherly role to her as well. So we had a really unique relationship uh, Quina and me. With that being said, she was like a joy to be around all the time. <laughs> Did not make it hard yeah. for me to, you know, to be her sister and her best friend and sometimes her mom. Quina, he had an incredibly positive outlook on everything. Um, he was very kind and she had a huge heart. Um, she was quiet, but when she did uh, have something to say, everybody listened because it was just so cute and so sweet all the time. Um, and she, she just lit up the room every time she walked in. Hmm. And I, you know, I, I was just very impressed by how well she carried herself, you know, at a young age. Um, when it's just my mom by herself, a single mom, and me and her, and she always was very poised. Sure. Um, and very mature for her age. Hmm. Well, that's that's amazing. Um. So, I, you know, I I love hearing the story about uh, you and and young Queena and and how you grew up, and obviously your your mother. Uh, must have worked incredibly hard. Uh, it, it, it must not be. Uh, it's not something most of us, who, like myself, who grew up in the United States, can understand what a challenge that must be. So you've you've already ex- overcome so many things by this time in the story. When we get to uh, talking about the tragedy that happened with Queena, but as your story goes when queena was 18 years old she was a high school student she was weeks away from graduating and going to college and she was simply on her way one night to return books to the bloomingdale regional library in east hillsborough county and she was attacked as we talked about before on the show in the introduction and tragically it left her unable to walk or to see or to speak or live on her own and today she still requires constant care and I struggle uh, to find as I'm finding a question as as I was thinking about things to ask to both of you I feel like we need to just take a moment just to acknowledge this profoundly cruel and tragic crime that happened to Queena and how it changed all of your lives what a difficult thing that must be to deal with. And and I wonder if, if Vanna, maybe you could answer this question for me. Um, Queena must be an incredibly strong woman uh, to have survived uh, an attack like this and the assault like this. 
and I think you must be an incredibly strong person as well. I wonder what life was like for you in the days and weeks right after Quina was attacked and and just just what life began to look like for you especially in those beginning days as you began to adjust to all of this you cannot image my life after queen attack i'm not be myself at all i'm look like the person walk around give no soul hmm. I, I i have no idea about anything and i Give up my life. I quit my job right away and stay home. Give Queena take care of her 24 hours. Because I think she is too young. And I I just want to give up my life to take care of her. So I just stay home. And very o- overwhelming from the first few years. You cannot imagine how much I, I stuck with everything. I have to learn everything from the book from the internet, from mm. the doctor, from the nurse, and from everything until I get it today. So I can tell I'm okay today to take care of Queen. But the first few years, I'm, I'm so nervous for everything. Queen, I have seizures like every day. Oh and um, when the, I open my eyes in the morning, the first thing i thinking is, what is today? Monday or Tuesday. After that, I have to remember what is Monday, what her schedule. Her schedule is is so full every day. She can she can stay on the hospital bed and hanging out, but I think she's very young. I don't want her muscle getting quick, so I force her a lot to do exercise every day. And uh, is that is not easy for Queen at the first few years and not. It hurt me so bad when I saw Queen. I had to work very hard like that. But then until today, you know, we we get used to it, and we think that is um, that is normal for mm-hmm. us right now. But the first few years is I I I struggle with adapt with my new life and Queen a new life and a family new life, and you never can imagine about how hard is it. It's very difficult. It's very hard. You know, I'm I'm from a a business woman. I I I own a many nail shop around the country, and I love travel. And I'm very social. I'm I'm very friendly. I'm very open. I'm very good in business. Mm-hmm. But then, boom! Now, you know, I I just stay home 24 hours with her, and I get I don't have any friend with me. Mm. I I get um, by myself. You know, all day long with Queen. I'm in and out with her. And um, right now I stand in her bedroom, the bedroom she had before the attack. And that is very emotional for me because I don't want to get rid of this room. I still want to keep it. Her stuff still in, in this room, her book bag still in there, and her everything still in the room. Hmm. But... Um, Sometimes, you know, I I um, come to her room before just just for five minutes, the time the woman of C before, so I can push myself harder to to try to make her improving. 
little mm. bit more every day, and I, I'm kind of person not not go, going to give up easy. Sure. I don't know. I don't know what the improving. I don't know what tomorrow bring us, but today I still do it. Even I don't know. I don't know what is come. I don't know what is I doing today, and then what the result for tomorrow. I don't know, but um, you know. But I just have faith. And I trust in God on everything. Hmm. Wow. Well, what an amazing person. What amazing people uh, you you are. And I'm I'm so um, I'm moved by your story. I'm moved by the the care and the love that you have for your daughters and the way that you have uh, sacrificially given of yourself. Um, for both of them, really, um, but especially to Queena and the extra care that she needs. And I, I want to thank you for describing a little bit of, of what a day in your life, of, of how things have changed for you and the way that you have uh, rel- relied on God and trusted in these times. Anna, I, I bet you are very proud of your mother and of Queena both, I, I would assume. And I wanted to ask you a question tonight, as a sister and a daughter. I wonder, what do you most admire about your mother and about Quina? My mother is, well, as as you've heard, she's extremely humble, and she has sacrificed so much for us. Um, and I, I really... I respect that. I, I see everything that she's given up to, to take care of my sister. Um, but the, the trait that I admire the most about my mom is how hopeful she is. Hmm. And it, it's what she clings to in order to make it another day. And that would be the hope that she has in the future and the faith that she has that that in healing um, and and the, the strength, you know, that she has and how much purpose she feels in, uh, in her life and how much, her, you know, her life is just so purpose-driven. And so, like, it's those cornerstones that my mom really clings on to to get from day to day. And I and I really look up to her. And she, is, she is a role model to me because I feel that she's, doing everything for the right reason Hmm. Um, and she really does have God on her side and that that's just something that inspires me every day Hmm. well that's amazing for sure and um, wow just so so commendable I I wanted to ask did did they ever catch the person who did this to Quina was he ever brought to justice they did uh, uh, apprehend him shortly after the attack, uh, while Quina was still in the emergency room, and um, he was uh, later brought to trial, and um, he was found guilty on all counts. And after that, he was uh, sentenced for uh, 65 years of life in prison. And uh, just a few years ago, we had what is called a resentencing uh, because he was a minority 
at the time that he committed the crime. His defense, defense attorneys felt that his sentence was cruel and unusual for his age, so they we proceeded with a resentencing, which opened up, which potentially would have opened it up for more time in prison, and that was ultimately the outcome. He was resentenced to life in prison uh, about three years ago. Hmm. Wow. I I have to wonder, um, really for both of you, but um, I'm going to ask Vanna this question. Were Were you able to really forgive this person that did this to your daughter or is it something that you still find yourself daily struggling with um for me for keep going for keep moving forward i cannot think about that i cannot think about him hmm. but forgot we lori i forgive him because god deserve it hmm I never think about if I want to forgive him or I don't want to forgive him. I give everything for God. But mm-hmm. if I forgive him, that's just because I want give God glory. Mm-hmm. But you know, my life is very, very busy. I don't have a moment to think about him from beginning. There's so many um, news and media come and want to uh, interview us about the about the crime. Um, I just refuse everything. I don't want to think about it because I don't want to broke down. You yeah. get you get imagine if if your daughter and then and then you just keep think keep thinking about it. How you have the strength for take care of your daughter? I have to put that away behind me. But because I'm the Christian, God teach me to forgive. Hmm. I love my God. I forgive Him because I love my God. God deserves that, but not Him. He is not deserved for forgiving. Hmm. But like I said, I never think about it too much yeah. because I'm very busy for take care of Queen. You know, every time... Queen will cry or see in painful and 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 that come back in the few time I say then I I wish it's it's not happened. But then I you know, I, I read on the internet, you know, the people review on the internet they said is they want to if it's their daughter they will, you know, kill the character or never forgive or anything. I just leave all that away. I don't want to to just, just agree with them. I, I don't say anything. Because actually I don't know. I don't I don't have the 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 power to think about it because I think that power is up to God. Hmm. And I just in her attorney I trust in the the church. I trust in God. So whatever they decided, I follow. Yeah. Not myself. I don't. I don't thinking about. I not forgive him, or I forgive him. Hmm. But I think it's because we our family is we are the good heart people. 
we don't put anything bad or negative in our mind or in our heart. We 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 don't have we don't have the word hate in our family. Mm. I don't teach my children to hate anybody or even animal. I never teach that. So by myself and my family, we never yield the word hate or any negative word or any any negative talk. So uh-huh. um, so you can say, um, I can say I forgive him because maybe he young, he don't think what he doing, he cannot control in the moment, but then he he still is is need to get punished anyway. Hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I think it's a, a powerful testament to the Holy Spirit that works in your life that enables you to to speak of that in this way. Um, that in some way um, you aren't harboring that bitterness in your heart because of the love that you are showing and because you are following Christ. And I, I think that's a beautiful testament to what God can do in a person's heart through such an unbearable situation like you've been put into. Um, I, I wonder, because I, I do want to talk about your book and, and how your book came about and being able to tell this story. And I know um, you just don't have the free time to write a book, and it sounds like some miraculous things kind of happened to help you be able to tell your story in this way. Um, and I wonder if, if maybe, Anna, you could help us uh, kind of with the story of how this book came to be, um, because I know that 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 life must be so busy with all the care that needs to be provide, provided, and yet, miraculously, we have this book, uh, The Life She Once Knew. Uh, that tells the story of both these amazing women, both Vanna and Quina. Uh, could you tell us a bit about how this book came to be, Anna? It, you know, I, I think that it took a lot of healing on my mom's part to be able to get to the point where she could start opening up again and chronicling, you know, Quina's journey. And at the same time, an even deeper level of feeling to be able to open up about her own story, something that she never really talked about to either Quina or myself um, or, you know, or to her friends or family. It was a very personal, traumatic uh, story about her childhood and escaping Vietnam and, and, you know, what she went through. Um, in America to get where she was. Um, and and it took several years, I think, for my mom to get to the point where she was ready to write a book. And she doesn't have a lot of time. You're right about that. But she somehow found the time at night, you know, after she put my sister to bed, to write a little bit at a time on her iPhone in the Notes app. Wow. She didn't even have a computer, really. She didn't know what Microsoft Word was. She never typed up a document. She just had a little notes app and a stylus pen, and she just started typing away. Wow. And it started as a way to document all the wonderful, amazing things that we've seen in Quina's journey. Um, and it wasn't 
too, uh, too soon after that to realize that there was some value in also writing about her own story and the, the way that it parallels Queen's journey as well. So it started out with, you know, a memoir about my sister and it ended up being a memoir about my mom and I think that's why it's a captivating story. Um, and we had so many people in the community uh, support my mom through this process and help her with ghostwriting and help her with um, editing and, and, and help her get connected with the right people that can make this a reality because without, without that support system um, and, you know, never writing a book in, in her life before, we would not have been able to publish this. So we're just so thankful for the people that donated and sacrificed their time and, and just, you know, showed up and said, we believe you can do this and we're going to help you get there. Wow, that's that's amazing. And just the fact that you were writing it on the, on the Notes app on your phone, Vanna, that is really incredible. And just your persistence. Uh, if if I if I think of one word that just keeps coming to mind, other than strength, it's persistence with you because you are so persistent about continuing on and doing what has to be done, whether it be caring for your family or uh, writing a book like this one. Um, and so I'm, I'm very proud of really all of you in this whole situation. I'm I'm just amazed and uh, by your story, and I'm I'm humbled and honored to be able to get to share about it some. And, uh, and how God has helped you in this situation. Um, you know, as we're getting close to the end of our time together here tonight, I wonder maybe both of you could answer this question in some way, because I know for years now, life has been very trying for you. There have been many difficulties and hardships, um, and you don't probably ever know what to expect from day to day um, with with the health of Quina and what lies ahead. I wonder, what do you feel like maybe God has been teaching you through this whole situation? Yes. I, I, I have to say yes and yes and yes. In, in our story, we experience God with us. I, I talk of Him every day. Holy Spirit is behind me. And I get amazed if I don't have God in our family for twelve years, and and every everything everything coming and look like a miracle always came to us, and the community is amazing supporting us, and uh, especially for the book, I don't believe if the book publishes. And I don't believe we have so many people already bought our book and share with everybody, the whole community, and even in the other country, Canada, they order our book and, and it's, you know, this, this all is God. I, it's, he, he blessing that this is the gift from God because he, we believe in him. And um, maybe Anna have her own thoughts too, but that is my thought about about I I saw that I 
I live with that and clean up to every day in our family. Sure. Well, Anna, uh, the same question for you. Uh, what What do you think God has been teaching you through all of this? Wow. Um, what I learned early on um, was was to not ask the question, "Why did this happen to us?" You know, why? You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Which is so easy to dwell on when you go through something like this. But I don't think that's the question that's meant to be answered here in this life on Earth. And I, you know. To learn to put it behind me and ask the right questions, like what now? Where do we go from here? And um, and what is our what is our new purpose? Um, and it it was, you know, it was when I realized that Lena was a stone being thrown into the water, creating hundreds of thousands of ripples outward just you know shining outward and impacting so many other lives good that's when I started to feel personally because I was able to see that from tragedy came so much triumph and and so much um, hopefulness and so much new life and sometimes I just think about my mom you know just my mom my sister and I were saved at a very young age. You know, my mom put us into a Christian school, not because she was a Christian, but because at that time she just thought it was a good place for two girls to be in school, in a private school under religious education. And my sister and I became believers as young children. My mom actually was not a Christian until after the attack. Um, and it was... It was the event that happened after the attack and some of the people that came into her life and because of that situation that led my mom to a point in her life um, to a situation where she was able to be more exposed to, you know, the word of God and she got saved. And I just remember when my sister and I were younger and we would have prayer in our classroom every day both of us would have unspoken prayer requests and they would be for my mother's salvation and 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 look at my mom now she's you know she's saved by the grace of god and and you know helping bringing other people to the lord as well just by living by example and that to me i mean if that were the only thing that i could see good coming out of this it is more than enough hmm. Well, thank you, both of you, for sharing that. And that, I think, was a beautiful way to state that, Anna. And, I, I again, I am honored to be able to, just in some small way, be able to help uh, spread the word about your story through Voices in My Head podcast. And I want to remind listeners of this show that they can go to VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com and I will have uh, all of the links that I have available where you can find out uh, more of the story that you've heard about today and the best way that you can buy the book The Life She Once Knew that is written by my guest today, Vanna Nguyen. 
And I'm so grateful, Vanna and Anna, to both of you for being able to take some time to visit with me tonight. Your story has moved me and inspired me, and it makes me want to be a more faithful person, honestly, as I see the way that you are carrying um, really what is your cross in life in many ways, but in the ways that you are finding um, to let the God, the God of love shine out of you in the midst of this very difficult situation. And, uh, and I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for the way that you are still caring uh, for Quina and her precious life. And I want to thank both of you, Anna Donato and Vanna Nguyen. Thank you for being some of the voices in my head this week. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.